I want to welcome you to today's podcast. And in this podcast, I'll be bringing you teachings from the Word of God that will bless you and inspire your spirit. And I know for sure that your life will never be the same again when you're done listening. God bless you as you listen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I want to welcome you to yet another wonderful podcast and bringing to you words as inspired by the Holy Spirit. And I know that you're going to be blessed. Your life will not remain the same again. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Now today, God wants to bring a special word to you that will bring comfort to your heart. Hallelujah. He wants to bring a special word that will bring comfort to your heart because the world that we live in is a world full of bad news. And every time you turn the news on, you know, you keep hearing bad things, you know, things that are happening. You hear of war, you hear of economic downturn, you hear of diseases, so many things. These are the things that make the headlines. And you know, when you hear these kind of things on a regular basis, there's a way things, news like this affect your mind. There's a way news like this affect you. And you know, you begin to lose hope. Hallelujah. And I tell you the truth. One of the greatest things to have in this life is hope. The Bible says now there are abided these three. Faith, hope, and love. Hallelujah. These three abide. Faith, hope hope and love one of the greatest things you would have in this life actually is hope because hope will give you a reason to live virtually everyone that commits suicide is because of the loss of hope because they don't have hope that's why they commit suicide and then in many of those cases you will discover that they didn't even need to die they didn't need to die so they didn't die because of the situation they were going through They didn't die because of their circumstances. They died because of the loss of hope. Hallelujah. So hope is very important. Hope is really very important. Hope helps you to anticipate a greater tomorrow. Hallelujah. Hope is a drive. For example, an athlete who is uh, into long races, marathon race, for example, hope is what keeps him going. Because he believes that at some point he's going to finish. So he keeps hope, drives him to take yet another step and another step and another step. Knowing that if he keeps taking that step after step, he sure is going to make it. Hallelujah. I want to read a, a portion of scripture to you from the book of Isaiah chapter 43. And I'm reading from verse 1. Oh, glory to God. He says, But now, thus saith the Lord that created thee, O Jacob. And I always like to say that when you get to scriptures like this, remove the name that you see there and put your name. Because this one, Jacob is no longer here on earth, but this word is here so you can fill in the shoes of Jacob and receive these blessings. He says, But now, thus saith the Lord that created thee, O Jacob, And he that formed thee, O Israel, fear not. Oh, glory to God. He says, fear not. Why? For I have redeemed thee. 
I have called thee by thy name, thou art mine. Oh, hallelujah. What great words. He says, this is what God is saying to you. Look at it. If you look at it word for word, it's important, you know, when you are reading scripture, pay detailed attention to every word. Every word counts. Pay attention to every word. He says, but now, I don't care what the situation was before. This is the now word of God. This is the realm of God. This is what God is saying now to you in this time, at this time. He says, but now, thus saith the Lord that created thee. Come on, you have to agree that God created you. Hallelujah. And if he did create you, then this word is for you. Hallelujah. He says, he that formed thee, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I've saved you. Hallelujah. I bought you with a price. You are mine. He says, I've called you by thy name. You are mine. And then if you go to verse 2, it says, When thou passest through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow thee. Now, he didn't say you will not pass through the waters. He didn't promise you that. You know, sometimes when we begin to go through certain situations and circumstances, we begin to wonder, why is this happening? At some point, you begin to even question the presence of God with you. Is God still with me? Just like Gideon, uh, you know, when the angel appeared to him. And he said, if God is great and all those miracles that he did, why are we going through what we are going through now? Praise the Lord. Of course, in their case, they sin, but it's not always about sin. Some, there are tests that come. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So he said, when you pass through the water, and he didn't say if, because if he says if, it means there is a chance that it may not happen. There's a chance you may not pass through the water. So if it is your lot to pass through the water, well, go through it, I'm with you. That's not what he's saying. He said when, when, so it's only a matter of time, you will pass through the water. He says, I will be with thee. Through the rivers, they shall not overflow thee. Then again, look at it. He says, when thou walkest through the fire. When? He says, when you walk through the fire, thou shalt not be burned, neither shall the flame kindle upon thee. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And you know, this scripture was written before the days of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. This happened before the Nebuchadnezzar came and conquered Jerusalem and took the people to Babylon. Hallelujah. So Isaiah had written, this prophecy had been written before then. Maybe that's what those young boys read that gave them the confidence that they had to stand before the king. If you read 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13, the Bible says God won't let you go through anything that you are not prepared for. So if he brings it to you, it's because he has prepared you for it. So who knows? Maybe those boys have been meditating on that word. Because if you look through scriptures, we hardly find where, you know, people face such situation with fire. And they were, they were in a situation where the, uh, if they don't yield or, or succumb to the pressure, they'll be thrown into the fire. But this scripture is already there. This promise is already there. So maybe those young guys studied this 
in their times of study and they found out that there was a promise like this. And if you read the Bible, you will discover that Daniel, the Bible says Daniel was studying the books of Jeremiah and he found out that God promised that they would only be in captivity for just 70 years. So these are the friends of Daniel. So they studied the words of the prophets. They read. So it's possible that these young guys read this word. And God said, when you walk through the fire, thou shalt not be burned, neither shall the flame kindle upon thee. And they probably meditated on this, meditated on it until it became a reality. Hallelujah. So when the king came up with that decree and said, anyone that doesn't bow to the golden image I've put up, who throw the person into the fire, I'm sure, like my kids would say, itsy pitsy. You know, I'm sure they had said, easy peasy, man. This is easy. Why? Because they had held on to the promise of God. Hallelujah. And they were bold. They had hope because of the word. And they were not afraid of the king's command. They said to the king, oh king, it's not that we don't respect you. So they say, leave forever. Say, oh king, we are not careful to answer you in this matter. We have a word from God, the God that we serve. He has told us that if we pass through fire, we won't be consumed. We know it. Hallelujah. But even if that didn't happen, be it known unto you, O King, we will not bow. Hallelujah. We will not bow. God is able to save us. We have seen from the word that he's able to save us. But even if he doesn't, we still won't bow. Hallelujah. Now that word gave them hope. The word gave them hope. So it didn't matter when the situation came. They were ready to face it. Hallelujah. God has assured us. He says when you go through water, you won't drown. Why? Because I'm with you. I like that word he said when he said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Such comforting words. You know, hearing your heavenly father tell you, I will be with you always. Now the question is, what if we sin? What if we make mistakes? You know, God was in my meditation earlier today. God was telling me something. He said, I want you to begin to make a distinction between the Old Testament and the New Testament. In the Old Testament, as a matter of fact, when they sinned, I left them in the Old Testament. But guess what? In the New Testament, I have given my word. I will never leave you nor forsake you. And I didn't put any conditions in that word. No conditions. Again, is it an excuse to sin? No. It's not an excuse to sin. Because when you sin, you are harming and hurting yourself. People sin because of ignorance. And that's why I'm bringing my word to you. So when you understand certain things, there are things you just wouldn't do. Hallelujah. He says, but I will never leave you nor forsake you. What is the difference between the Old Testament and the New Testament? In the Old Testament, they were not children of God. Hallelujah. Adam was created by God. In his image and after his likeness, he was a creation of God, but he was not an offspring of God in the Old Testament. Hallelujah. But in the New Testament, it's different. 
Jesus died. Jesus, as he, the scripture says, was the only begotten of the Father. But when he died, the Bible says, except the corn of wheat first fall to the ground and die, it abideth alone. So before he fell to the ground and died, he was alone as the only begotten of the Father. But after Jesus died and resurrected, the Bible says he was the first begotten from the dead. The first. Before he was the only, but now he's the first, which means there are many others that are with him. Hallelujah. That's why he said in John chapter 1, verse 10, he came to his own and his own received not, but as many as received him, to them he gave the power to be called the sons of God, the children of God. Because at the time that statement was being made, they didn't have the power to be children of God. As a parent, I understand certain things. See, there is hardly anything that my child will do that will make me hate that child. Praise the Lord. That's the, the physical love of father and children. Hallelujah. There are parents that are ready to defend their children any way possible. You won't blame them. It's that love. It's just that some things they do will not be good for the child. So there are some things, even if maybe a child commits a crime, and as a parent, you have to bring the child out and own up to the authority. It's for the good of that child. Hallelujah. For a genuine parent. But a real parent, no matter what your child does, the fact that there is a relationship between you and that child, that comes first before anything else. So when God says, I will never leave you nor forsake you, he means it. Hallelujah. He said, when you pass through the water and through the rivers, they shall not overflow thee. In other words, you will not drown. And he goes on to give the reason why. Because I will be with you. It's impossible for you to drown when I'm with you. That's exactly what happened when the disciples were with Jesus. That day when, you know, the, there was a storm and the Bible says Jesus was asleep. If I were them, I probably would go to sleep too. If Jesus is in this boat and he knows we are here and he's sleeping while there's a storm, it means there's no danger. He doesn't consider it a danger. If he didn't consider it a danger, why should I consider it a danger? Hallelujah. Glory to God. I believe strongly that it was a test of their faith in him. It was. That's why when they, got, when they wake him up, they asked him, he said, Master, carest thou not that we perish? Don't you care? Don't you see what's going on? What did he answer? Oh, ye of little faith. Don't you know I'm here with you? Don't you know that the oceans can't swallow me that created it? Don't you know? It can't swallow me. I created the oceans. I can't be swallowed. Don't you know that? That's why at some point he had to ask them, who do men say I am? Who? Because, I mean, if you, if you really believed what you say you believe, there are certain things you will not say or do. If you really, really believe, say, who do men say I am? And then they said differently, say, you, 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 you. Who do you say I am? What do you think I am? Hallelujah. Glory to God. He said, the reason why the water won't overshadow you is because I'm with you. Hallelujah. The only reason why the fire won't consume you is because I am with you. I'm with you. And then he said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. 
Check It Shop, the first Christian anointed clothing brand. Your one-stop shop for high quality and heavily anointed clothing and accessories that will look good on you and most importantly, terrorize the kingdom of darkness. Visit CheckItShop.com. Check it in style. Oh, glory to God. I want us to go to that scripture first before I come back to this one. The book of Hebrews chapter 13. I'm reading from verse 5. He says, let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with such things as you have. For he hath said, I will never leave thee nor forsake you. Forsake thee. So that we may boldly say, you see, based on this word, we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear what man shall do unto me. Hallelujah. The word of God brings hope to us. It brings hope. Hallelujah. And hope is so vital in the world that we live in. Hope is so vital. Hope helps you live in anticipation that tomorrow will be better than today. Hope. And the word of God gives you that. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I want to read a scripture from the book of Romans. Romans chapter 15, verse 4. He says, For whatsoever things were written aforetime, were written for our learning, that we, through patience and comfort of the scripture, might have hope. Did you see that? Hope. Oh, an ingredient that is missing in the world today. Hope is lacking in the world today. But God says you need it. It's important. Where do you get it from? From the word. He said it's a whatever was written. He said it was written for us to learn. So that through patience and comfort of the scripture, we might have hope. Hallelujah. Oh, glory to God. How God wants to fill you with hope. Hallelujah. How he wants to fill your heart with hope. There are some things that God has promised you that you probably have not seen the fulfillment of them. But hope gives you the driving force to keep going. That's why it says through patience and comfort. Why do you need patience? Patience, you need patience because uh, what you expect you have not seen. So you need patience. Patience helps you to wait for what you are anticipating. Hallelujah. Again, another very important ingredient that is needed in today's world. Patience. And patience, of course, is connected to hope. You'd never be patient if you don't have hope. Praise the Lord. If there is no hope, there will be no patience. Hallelujah. It's so needed today. Many people that died by accident was caused by impatience. He couldn't just wait a little. Impatience. He said, but the scriptures, what was written was written for our learning. We can learn from people's experiences. How God came through for Abraham, even though he had to wait for a long time. How God came through for Isaac, even though he had to wait for 20 years before his wife could give him children. Even though... He had to wait a long time. God came through. The same thing with Jacob. How Jacob crossed the Jordan with just a staff. 
and went on to do some difficult job for 21 years. But by the time he was crossing back, he left back with great wealth and a large family. God came through for him. And the Bible says God kept him as the apple of his eye. He suffered no one to touch him. Hallelujah. When we read these stories and see how God came through for them, we read of the story of Gideon. How God came through for Gideon, sent an angel to, you know, speak to Gideon. And Gideon was like, man, this is this real? Okay, Lord, if it is you, I'm going to put out wool. Let everywhere around be dry, but let the wool be wet. And it happened, he went and he got the thing, it was full. And then he said, ah, Lord, please forgive me, but I have to do this. I just have to be sure. God was patient with him. He said, okay, let everywhere around be wet. Let the wool be 100% dry. He put it out there, went and picked it. The wool was dry, everywhere else wet. And then God said to him, said, if for any reason you are still doubting, go with one of your servants to the camp of the Midianites and you will hear things that will bring hope. <sighs> if you are still in doubt, go to the camp and you will hear things that will bring you hope. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And of course he went and he heard somebody was interpreting a dream how a barley loaf of bread came into the camp of the Midianites and destroyed the camp. And the other person interpreted and said, it is the sword of Gideon. The moment he heard that, every doubt he had ceased and he was filled with hope. Hallelujah. Somebody might wonder, why hope, why not faith? The difference between hope and faith is the maturity. When hope becomes full, it graduates to faith. Hallelujah. There can be no faith without hope first. The Bible says now faith is the substance of things hoped for. In other words, when the hope becomes complete, full, it becomes faith. Hallelujah. So faith is the highest level of hope. When the hope is full, it becomes faith. Hallelujah. But of course there cannot be faith without hope. The problem why some people are praying but they are not getting results is because they lack faith. And you know sometimes when I tell people, I said you don't have faith, they will say no I have faith. I say I know what I'm talking about. Why? Because I didn't see hope before. There was no hope. I didn't see you're only trying to profess your faith but there's no hope before. Faith is a build up, it's not spontaneous. Is a build-up. When you see a man out there walking in miracles, healing the sick, and doing all those things, he spends time in hope building that thing. He spent time in meditation, meditating on the possibilities of God in that direction over a period of time until the hope graduated to faith. The same thing with prophecies, for example. Somebody who you see walking in the power of God and you know, speaking the prophetic and saying things and all that is because he has started meditating on, on that thing, believing that it's possible that God speaks. He believes that. And so he has been, you know, believe that's hope. Hope helps you to believe. 
Faith helps you to receive. Hallelujah. The truth is, hope itself does not receive. Hope helps you believe. And that is important because if you don't believe, you will not receive. Jesus said to, what's Martha he said to? He said, didn't I tell you, if you believe, you will see. It starts with belief and it graduates to receiving as faith that you can receive. Hallelujah. So God wants us to be filled with hope. Very important. Hallelujah. I know tomorrow will be better than this because I have hope. And do you know God calls himself the God of hope? I want to show you that in the Bible. The book of Romans chapter 15 verse 13. He says, Now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing. I told you hope helps you to believe. It helps you to believe. This is the reason why many people don't walk in the miracles because they don't have hope. They want to jump into receiving without first believing. And believing takes time. It takes time to believe. It takes meditation to believe over a period of time. It takes what is meditation? Another way of talking about meditation is asking yourself deep questions of the realities of the kingdom. Is God who he says he is, for example? Can God heal the sick? The Bible says he, he does. The Bible says how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power who went about doing good, healing all that were oppressed with the devil, for God was with him, healing all, healing, which means God can heal, he heals, and he anointed Jesus to heal. If he anointed Jesus to heal, then he can anoint me to heal. Hallelujah. So these things you are thinking in your heart, and the answers are coming, and as the answers come, what happens, it becomes a stronghold in your mind. That's where faith is born. When hope is complete and it becomes a pillar in your heart, faith is born. Hallelujah. So as a matter of fact, faith is a child of hope. So hope is very important. He says, now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. God wants you to abide in hope, in a hopeless world. Because the truth is that this world is hopeless. It's hopeless. You hear it all the time. The news media out there, they will tell you clearly, good news is no news. So they keep propagating bad news. Why is the devil doing that? What's the purpose of doing what he's doing to kill your hope? Because he knows that if you have hope, that's it. There are men that believed, even though they didn't see the promise of God, but they died believing because they had hope. At the time of Joseph's death, he called his brethren. He said, guys, God promised that he would take us out of this place someday. Make sure you take my bones. He died believing even though he didn't live to see the manifestation of God's deliverance for the people of Israel, but he died believing. Hope. I'm telling you, hope is a good thing. And God wants his people to be filled with hope. 
now more than ever. Hallelujah. To be filled with the hope. And how do you get filled with the hope? Listening to the right thing that will bring hope. Remember verse 4 of this, this same scripture we read earlier. It says, For whatsoever things were written aforetime, were written for our learning, that through patience and comfort of the scriptures, we might have hope. So when we go through the word of God and we see the things that God said, what does it do? It gives us hope. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Let's go back to that scripture in the book of Isaiah chapter 43. I'm going to continue from verse 3. It says, For I am the Lord thy God, the Holy One of Israel, thy Savior. I gave Egypt for thy ransom, Ethiopia and Seba for thee. Since thou was precious in my sight, thou hast been honorable, and I have loved thee. Therefore will I give men for thee, and people for thy life. Are you hearing what God is saying? He says, I'm going to give people for your life. This is big. This is really, really big. God makes a distinction between us and the people of the world. In other words, what he's saying is, if it was imminent, you were supposed to be in a vehicle, that was going to have an accident and you were supposed to die. He said, I will exchange you. I will take somebody. I will take you out and put somebody in your place. The Bible says the Lord delivered the righteous out of trouble and brings the wicked in his stead. Do you understand? This is the righteousness of God. This is the justice system of God. In the mind of God, it is the right thing to do. Then who can question him? Hallelujah. He says, Fear not, for I am with thee. I will bring thy seed from the east and gather thee from the west. He says, Don't be afraid. Now, if man tells you, Don't be afraid, you want to know what is the strength of this person telling me not to be afraid. Can he really protect me? Praise the Lord. If uh, maybe a, a group of robbers or gangs or something tell a person, Listen, uh, we're coming for you. Naturally, people will be afraid. And then what's the next thing they will do? Contact the police and say, listen, this is what happened. This is, they sent me a note threatening they are coming to kill me. Now, if the police say, don't be afraid, we'll protect you. And then they send some men around your house at the time they said they were coming. Well, you will feel a bit confident because you have protection. But if you heard that... Uh, these people have infiltrated the police and there are some bad guys among the police, you will still be afraid. So even though the police tell you don't be afraid, they don't have the capacity because there are some bad guys among them. So you're not sure if they can keep to their words. But this is the almighty God here, the creator of the heavens and the earth. He said, don't be afraid. Why? He said, because I'm with you. I'll be with you. Hallelujah. He says, I will say to the north, give up, and to the south, keep not back. Bring my sons from far and my daughters from the ends of the earth. Even everyone that is called by my name, for I have created him for my glory. I have formed him, yea, I have made him. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Why is God saying all these things to us? He wants us to have hope. Hope. Hallelujah. When you have hope, you are undefeatable. 
Nobody can defeat you. Hallelujah. Nobody can defeat a man or a woman that is filled with hope. That's why I said now the God of all hope, the God of hope, glory to God, the God of hope, fill you with joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. God wants you to remain in hope. He wants you to live in hope. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You know, sometimes when we preach as preachers, there are people who say, why are you giving them false hope? What actually is false hope? False hope is believing in falsehood. The question is, did God say these things? If God said it and I believe it, I don't care. Hallelujah. Okay, let's say somebody is, has terminal cancer. And you told the person, God can heal you. And the person says, I believe. And then eventually, the person died. And then the doctor said he died of cancer. Did he really die of cancer? Did he really die of cancer? If the guy really, really believed that God can heal him, and he believed he was healed, he didn't die of cancer. He died because it was his time to go not because of cancer. And by the wisdom of God, the all-knowing mind of God, God knew that that was the best time for the person to go because the truth is that eternity is more important than this life that we are living in. God's word never failed. Hallelujah. Now when we read through the scriptures, we read about how God saved Daniel from the lion's den. He brought Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego from the fire. But there were some that were actually killed. Did God not know? Of course he knew. Could he not save them? Of course he could save them. But if he allowed it to happen, it's because the time had come and eternity was better. If you read the story of Stephen, this is why you should have hope as a believer. If you read the story of Stephen, God gave us a clear picture of what happens to the martyrs before they leave. At that point, before death, their eyes are always open to see the world beyond. Their eyes are open to see heaven and its glories and its beauty. And I'm telling you, if it were me, I find myself in that place. I look, I see heaven, I see the glories of heaven, I see the beauty, and I see all those things. And I look back at this world, all I see is war, sickness, disease, financial you know, problems and all that. I'm not staying. I'm not staying. So you probably think it's the stones that killed Stephen. No, it's not the stones. It was his time he chose to go. Praise the Lord. That's how it is. So God wants us to have hope. God has never failed anyone. The world might think he failed those martyrs, but he didn't fail them. They are rejoicing and they are being rewarded for the sacrifice they made. So they are happy. Hallelujah. So God wants you to have hope, knowing that his word is infallible. Hallelujah. My prayer is that the God of hope will fill you with joy and peace while you are walking on your believing, and that you may remain in hope through the power of the Holy Spirit in the mighty name of Jesus. The Bible says, hope maketh not ashamed. Because the love of God 
shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. God bless you and I will be with you again until we see. Keep living the atmosphere of God's word, his worship, and his miracles. God bless you. Bye-bye. Join the man of God, Pastor Isaac Samuel II, for further deeper analysis of the Word of God and mind-blowing miracles during the Check It Church weekly services. On Sunday, we've got the Super Sunday service starting at 10 a.m. CST. Wednesday is a midweek Bible study at 6 p.m. CST. Then Friday is a prayer meeting also starting at 6 p.m. CST. We hope to see you there.